You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome into Packers Total Access. I'm your host, Clayton Bailey. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And we've uh, got a uh, an awesome show set up for you guys today. Really, what I did was I went back yesterday and, and combed through some tweets and tried to find some key information on this week's matchup against the Vikings from an injury standpoint, who's healthy, who isn't. And I was pleasantly surprised at, uh, at just how healthy this roster is right now, at least uh, theoretically speaking, you know, unless they're holding something back, which we know, uh, you know, you get, get into the regular season, coaching staff doesn't like to give out a lot of details early, but hopefully this all rings true. And, uh, and the roster is for the most part is healthy, right? So, we're going to dive into that. We're also going to hear from uh, Christian Watson. We're going to hear from Sammy Watkins. We're going to hear from Devondre Campbell and Coach uh, Matt LaFleur. But before we do that, just want to mention that today's show is brought to you by Pristine Auction. PristineAuction.com is back with the Packernet Podcast, and they are, they are the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. We're teaming up with Pristine Auction once again on another great giveaway. Listeners can win a Jordy Nelson signed football championship championship trophy. Guys, this is like the mini Lombo, right? The mini Lombardi Award um, signed by Jordy Nelson himself, fan favorite. One of my favorite receivers of all time. So really, really cool giveaway. Um, you can check out our Twitter page for pics of this great piece of memorabilia. To win, all you have to do is head over to pristineauction.com and click register at the top of the page or just follow the link in the podcast description. When you register, use our registration code FAVRE, F-A-V-R-E, to be entered. And as a bonus, Pristine Auction will kick in an extra $10 off your winning auction. Guys, the very first auction that I won on pristineauction.com, I took advantage of the last promo code we had. Worked perfect. You'll see the $10 discount as soon as you check out. Really, really smooth, real, really uh, seamless uh, as far as that discount being applied. Um, every time on pristineauction.com comes with a every item comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. If you guys have watched my live stream here recently, whether it's doing the chalk talk episodes or just going live chalk, uh, talking football with Ryan, you can see in the background I've got several framed jerseys hanging on my wall. Every single piece of memorabilia back there, as far as the jerseys go. That came from pristineauction.com. So you can see they're kind of that game-worn-looking, game, game looking, uh, game worn looking uh, jersey by Beckett are the ones that I purchased, and they look really, really sweet. Um, all of them autographed. All of them have the uh, authenticity and everything with it. So you've seen it. You've seen the Paul Horning. You've seen the Dave Robinson, the Carol Dale, and the Quay Walker jersey. I've also got a Dorsey Levens that I picked up, and I've got an extra Quay Walker jersey that we're going to be giving away here in the in the near future as well. We've got a Christian Watson jersey. It's really sweet. So um, I'll tell you what, man, you get on there and see how easy it is to bid on this stuff and at some of the prices. I got the Dorsey Levens autographed jersey for $25. 
So you can get some really good deals on there. Um, just hop on there, upgrade your collection, assign memorabilia, and get $10 off your first item. One, when you use code FARV, when you sign up again, pristineauction.com slash register to use the link in the show description. Just use code FARV and get $10 off your first item one and be entered in, uh, in to win the signed Jordy Nelson Football Championship Trophy. The drawing will be held on Monday, September 19th, and that is actually uh, actually my birthday. So, guys, do that for me. An early birthday, uh, birthday gift to me, right? Hop on there and register. It's free. Enter in that promo code and get, give yourself an opportunity to win that uh, autographed Jordy Nelson football trophy. So, that being said, let's get into the show. First things first, Rob Domofsky said yesterday, um, he tweeted this out. He said, David Bakhtiari says he's on track to start the opener versus the Vikings. And it says story here. Obviously, I'm, I'm not going to take the time to go through the entire story, but that's great news. You know, <clears throat> it's been kind of hush in the back in the in the uh, in the most recent past year. Right. You know, it's it's well, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes, this and that. And it seems like the closer we get to week one, things are becoming more and more evident that David Bakhtiari is completely healthy. Right that he's going to be starting. The one that makes me a little nervous is Elton Jenkins. Cause you guys know he had the, uh, the shoulder brace on the other day at practice. Ryan and I chatted about it briefly uh, on Packernet after dark. Um, I don't know, man, something just feels off there. I don't think it's necessarily the shoulder or his knee, but hopefully uh, Elton Jenkins will be starting at right tackle. Um, hopefully they get a contract extension done uh, very soon as well. I'd, I'd love to see him locked up to a at least a three, maybe a five-year deal, right? I mean, he's someone who's proven his worth. He can play pretty much every position on the offensive line. But, again, David Bakhtiari being healthy is a, a big, big, big plus here going in against the Vikings because, you know, like Jacob and I broke down on Sunday's episode, um, we don't know if Zadarius Smith's going to be lining up in more of that zero to one technique. You know how they like to move him around with Mike Smith was the uh, outside linebackers coach here in Green Bay. He's now in Minnesota as well as Mike Petton up there. When those two guys were on the defensive coaching staff, that's what they like to do was move Zadarius around and put him in that A gap and really cause some confusion and create some pressure, push that pocket back into the quarterback. If Aaron wasn't so good at sliding both left and right, and was more of those, hey, I got to step up in the pocket and deliver the pass, kind of like a Tom Brady. Um, I would be a little more concerned about Z. But again, if he does line up at right outside linebacker, therefore at the right edge, um, it's going to be huge to have David Bakhtiari on that side of the field. Now, I'm not so concerned about Zadarius because he, you know, he didn't he didn't play that well the last year he started. I think he graded out as a 76. I mean, he was solid. Don't get me wrong. It, he was, you know, great, but. Um, he did take a step back as far as PFF grade goes into that last season that he started, and then he had the back injury. But I want David Bakhtiari still in that backside um, for Aaron Rodgers and his blind uh, his blind side there. So that's a great, great news from Rob Demosky. Let's move on to the next tweet. This also came in from Rob, and he said, Mason Crosby kicking in practice would appear to be a good sign for him being ready for Sunday's opener. Um, so it looks like Mason Crosby is a full go in practice, kicking field goals. So good chance that uh, that he's going to be uh, good to go for the entire season. Now, another key note was that we we did sign Ahmed uh, Ramiz to the practice squad. Now, I like that move a lot. And the reason being is because I, I don't know if Mason's coming back next year. I really don't. Now, it's going to be hard to see Mason go, right? But at the same time, you know, with his age, and the amount of salary cap that he has been eating up, you know, I think he's eaten up somewhere between three and four million dollars against the cap 
you'd love to get a kicker that's on a minimum contract, right? Now, everybody wants a great kicker and you want them on a minimum contract. That's probably not not feasible, right? Probably can't pull that off. But if, if, uh, if Ahmed is the future at kicker for the Green Bay Packers, which I know it's very, very early in saying that, what's cool about him being on the practice squad is we sign him to a futures contract for next year. And then if indeed Mason Crosby does decide to retire, then – bam, you've got him stepping right in at a minimum contract and you shave $3 million off the cap. You're starting to see how the salary cap can really fall into place right now. The only problem with, with Mason retiring, if indeed he does, and we're kind of getting the card before the horse, I understand that, but at the same time, you know, it, it's it's got to be coming sooner than later, right? I mean, we'd be kidding ourselves to think that he's been as productive as he has in the past. Now, I hope cleaning up the knee puts him on track to, to have the best year yet, right? But I think it's kind of unrealistic to expect that. But when he does retire, you know, Aaron always talks about on the road trips, he and he and Mason sit together. So it kind of makes me think that when he does go out, what you'll probably end up having happen is Mason Crosby will leave or retire. Aaron Rodgers will retire. Randall Cobb will retire, which Randall isn't even under contract after next year anyway. It kind of feels like there's a legit shot that Aaron does retire after this year. But I could also see Aaron pulling strings and letting those guys know, hey, look, I'm coming back for one one more year. You guys come back with me. I could also see that happening, right? So, um, yeah. And another thing that was mentioned here, actually I'll get to that uh, Matt Schnobman tweet here in a little bit, but I just wanted to mention that Mason Crosby was kicking. So what I'm trying to do is give us an early indication of what the injury report's going to look like, and we'll basically button that up on Thursday's episode of Packers Total Access. But we're just trying to get our – uh, our feel for it right now and kind of see, okay, what what is what is it to be expected as far as injuries going into Sunday's game, okay? So, uh, actually, let's go ahead and do that. Let's let's dive right into the Matt Schneidman tweet. He tweeted out yesterday, and he said, uh, Alan Lazard is the only player not practicing. He was moving nicely on the running rehab he did. We can't film him, FYI. We don't know what the injury is, and the Packers have to say – don't have to say until the first injury report on Wednesday. So uh, obviously on Thursday, we'll have that injury report for you on Thursday's episode. It also says Dallin Levitt is still in a red non-contact jersey. So it sounds like Alan Lazard is the only player that's not on injured reserve that didn't practice, right? And this uh, this feels a little fishy to me too, and I'm merely spectating here, you know, speculating rather. I, I don't I don't know any inside details, or I don't have any inside sources but this kind of came out of nowhere, and it almost feels like it might be a hold-in. And it's hard to fault a player trying to protect themselves, you know, especially in a contract year. Um, you know, maybe it's something he's trying to use as leverage to get that contract extension. If that's the case, then that should tell us that there are contract talks taking place. But you haven't heard any rumors coming out, which makes this a little bit more bizarre and that more of a long shot, right? So, uh yeah, just uh, something worth mentioning there that Alan Lazard, again, was the only player that did not practice. That's something that kind of uh, kind of caught me off guard a little bit, um, the fact that it's like he, he came to a screeching halt almost. So um, we'll have to uh, check on that later. Now, what I'm going to do is jump into ESPN's early injury report just to make sure we're not missing anything here, okay, as far as the injuries. Uh, aspect of, of Sunday's game. On the Green Bay Packers side, it says that Tipa Nalia is uh, questionable for the game as of right now. Again, this is ESPN's early injury projections, okay? Christian Watson is also questionable, and it actually says Coach LaFleur indicated Monday that he's hopeful Watson's knee will be able to play Sunday against the Vikings. Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal-Constitution 
Milwaukee, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports. It also says Alan Lazard is questionable and it says undi undisclosed. And that's the other thing, too, is like when the injury report comes out, they've got to mention the injury, right? Whether it's a knee, a shoulder, whatever it might be, right? Um, so we'll definitely get the details in, in, in that regard. And that'll kind of let us know, is this a BS injury or not, right? But again, it says Lazard undisclosed was spotted running off to the side during Monday's practice, Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports. So uh, two to keep an eye on right there is Christian Watson and Alan Lazard, again, Tipa as well, which I think we've got enough depth as far as who will be active on the 53. You know, it might be something that Tipa um, actually uh, is deactivated on game day. And maybe they activate Kingsley and Igbar or, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, Jonathan Garvin, maybe they go a little bit different route off the edge there. But again, with Christian Watson and Alan Lazard, it sounds like it's probably going to be a game time decision, but I'm eager to see that injury report when it does drop. So that's the Packers injury report. Let's jump over to the Vikings side. The early injury report says that BC Johnson, he's a wide receiver. Um, he's, he was listed on the injured reserve, uh, list, so he will not be playing obviously. And then this is one that me and, uh, me and Jacob talked about. Let me give me a swig here real quick. We talked about Irv Smith Jr., a tight end for the Vikings. Um, he's listed as questionable. It says Coach Kevin O'Connell um, reiterated Monday that he feels confident Smith with a thumb injury will be available for Sunday's opener against the Packers. Uh, Kevin Seifert of ESPN.com reports. And, you know, we kind of talked about Adrian Amos being that that uh, that X factor for this game against the Vikings and him playing in the box and and Irv Smith Jr. you know is taking on a pretty big role you know we've seen with Rob Tunyon in the past before he got hurt last year and the year before I think when he had ten plus touchdowns that tight end is a very very important position in this uh, this Shanahan style offense and of course Kevin O'Connell coming over from the L.A. Rams that's exactly the system he's running they like to run a lot of eleven personnel so if they if they do the same thing that the, the that O'Connell did as the offensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams last year, which was run, I think, uh, 11 personnel 86% of the time, if they go that route, then Irv Smith Jr. will be one of the focal points of that offense. 11 personnel being, I apologize for not explaining it up front, one running back, one tight end. The first number is running back. The second number is the number of tight ends. So on the field, you would have one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, five offensive linemen, obviously the quarterback and halfback. So um, that's uh, – yeah, that's something that I think it's worth keeping an eye on because if he's not healthy, if that thumb isn't 100% ready to go, then they're going to have to go to their backup tight end. That could prove to be vital because now Green Bay's game plan changes a bit, and it's why these teams are so secretive with their injury reports. You know, If we find out that Irv Smith Jr. is not going to be starting the game, then I could see them taking some of the focal point off of covering the tight end and maybe trying to, okay, why don't we try to bracket cover – um, Justin Jefferson a little bit, or why don't we, you know, put Jair on uh, on Adam Thielen? This is the Bill Belichick approach here. Why don't we? Why don't you put Jair on Adam Thielen, and then take your number two and your number three corner, or your number two and bracket a safety and shut down Jefferson? So you're double teaming the top target, putting your best corner on the number two target, and you're really forcing the offense to play left-handed. There's just so many so many ways this can go, and that's me just uh, strictly, uh, you know, wondering. Will Jair travel this year, or will he just stay on one side of the field and play outside? I think he'll probably they'll probably do the same exact thing that we did two years ago when he was healthy, which is play one side of the field. But if we look up 
you know, halfway through the first quarter and the Vikings are on the field and you see Jair following um, following Justin Jefferson across the field or following Adam Thielen across the field, then you know, okay, things have really changed this year, right? It's going to be exciting to, to see how that comes into play. And that's why some of these practices, I know the media gets mad about it and they're like, oh, I don't know why they're going to be so secretive. That's why, because at certain practices, they want to practice that look. Right. And you got the media in there and all of a sudden three or four beat reporters are blasting that out. That Hey, Jair's following, you know, Alan Lazard all over the field. He's covering the number one wide receiver, especially in these new uh, practice sessions. This structure where Coach Matt LaFleur has had this 11 on 11, four quarters, kind of like a scrimmage almost uh, really, really trying to duplicate and replicate the uh, the game time feel. You know, that game day atmosphere as far as the structure of the uh, the practice then you let that information out. Now, all of a sudden, the Minnesota Vikings has got vital information on the defensive game plan. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be cool. We're going to find out on Sunday. That's when we'll get our first look at it because I think that I don't think the Packers are going to hold anything back. We want to get off to a a quick a quick start, a quick successful start this season, especially with how uh, you know the season started last year. Man, that really sunk getting boat race boat race by the uh, New Orleans Saints, right? So uh, we want to make sure that we put ourselves in a position to start um, start fast on the season and, and carry that momentum throughout the rest of the season. So all right, let's do this. let's uh let's go to the locker room. Uh, yesterday we actually had some locker room access with uh, several different players. What I'm gonna do is start off here with Sammy Watkins and we'll take us a quick break after that. And then we'll jump into the rest of these interviews, which is uh, Christian Watson, Devontae Campbell, and Coach Matt LaFleur. But let's start off with Sammy Watkins. It seems like we haven't heard much from him. I really like Sammy, man. Every time he speaks, he seems very humble. He seems uh, very thoughtful. You know, he's he's uh, just – he seems like he's got a great mind on him. And, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers is it's, – it's funny. He's been bragging about Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb having great camps, right? But, you know, like Pat McAfee pointed out, none of the media is covering that. None of the national media is saying, oh, man, it looks like they put put together a solid receiving core. Nobody will talk about it. All they want to talk about is the fact that Devontae Adams is in uh, Las Vegas now and that uh, Aaron's ticked off at the young wide receivers. You know, you hear that story, right? It's amazing how you hear you hear the story about him getting upset with the young receivers, but you don't hear the story where Aaron has bragged over and over and over on Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, some of the veterans. So let's see what Sammy Watkins had to say in the locker room. Feeling great, um, you know, just running around the day, the day, the good days I stacked in camp. I'm just really ready to put all my hard work um, to test. You know, what I mean, we play against the Vikings. It's a it's a divisional game, and um, just really ready to go out there and have fun, play, and play good football. You spoke earlier in camp about how you felt like this is the healthiest you've been, and as you look ahead to Week One, what's kind of the the mental aspect as as you get ready for the first game of the season? I'm um, really just getting off to a good start, getting a win. Um, I think for me, it's about winning, um, and and whatever I have to do to go out there and get a win, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not too much focused on um, how well I'm going to play. When I when I'm right and um, healthy, I play well. So. It's really going out there, putting everything together, what I practice at, what I practice on and practice, and um, putting it to, to a test um, come this Sunday. And going out there really having fun and, and making the plays that's presented to me, but ultimately I'm going out there trying to win a game, and that's what I'm focused on. How have you seen Christian Watson come along in his development? He got kind of a late start with training camp, and, and now he's got the potential to, to have his first NFL game, a divisional game, as you said. How have you seen him develop the past couple weeks? Um, Chris is a, a smart dude, um, you know, but once you, once you miss a couple of days, I mean, a couple of weeks with A-Rod, it, it is hard. So 
he's catching up pretty quick, and um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be prepared. Whatever A. Rod and the coaches throw at him, um, he got every type of ability to go out there and make plays as far as running, catching routes, and making plays. So it's about the little things. He's, he got to just focus on that. And once he get that down, um, Tristan will be fine. He's just he's a top receiver. They picked him second round for a reason. Um, he got just as well as talented as me and any guy any guy in the room. So um, he's going to be prepared. Sammy, are, are things uh, at the point where you call them second nature? I mean, you know, the scheme, Aaron, all that good stuff is, is getting to be second nature? I can say I'm finally comfortable um, to where I can go out there and compete, smile, have fun, and not be too serious. And um, he can give me a signal. I can pick it up pretty quick. And um, really, I'm, now I'm in the point where I'm just having fun. And I, it's everything is second nature. I kind of feel what he want out of me um, as far as different coverages and where I need to be at um, on certain plays. And that's that's when football becomes fun. And I can and go out there and, and do, it, do, it, do, it, do everything in my best to make plays. Have you guys focused in on the Vikings yet? Or is, that, is it still kind of generic? Or is, is that yet to come where have you? Okay, here's the things they do. I think when you're doing camping, you're going through, you, you're going against the defense all the time. I'm pretty sure it's always Vikings. Um, it's somewhere down there where we're working on them. As far as, you know what I mean, watching the coverages, watching that particular players in the back end. Um, and, you know, the, every week, we, I mean, every day we probably going to work on something on the Vikings. And now it's here now. So every day is to focus on the Vikings and, and see where we can get our niche at on certain plays in certain situations. Love it, man. Like I said, I love the guy's demeanor. He seems like a leader in the locker room. For this to be his first year there, hearing how he talked about Christian Watson, building his teammates up, but at the same time uh, giving a, a truthful, honest answer, right, talking about how the fact that Christian Watson has missed, you know, a couple of weeks that really are a couple, yeah, however long, it it really puts you behind with A-Rod because A-Rod and the way he operates this offense, he he wants people on the same page, recognizing things. Because again, you know, like I, like I said when I answered the uh, listener's email that day, um, there's a lot of option routes that come with this this the uh, this uh, this offensive scheme as well. That many people think it's just okay, go out there and run a slant. Let me throw it to him. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that come into play, so many different looks where alerts and check with me's at the line where Aaron will come out and see a couple of things. And, you know, he, he may look and see, okay, we got a safety on the shelf. They're playing inside technique. Okay, let me give Sammy a little, all right, look, I don't want you to run that, that drag now. I want you to give me a, a seven yard out, little motion out there. Look to Christian on the backside. Maybe to Kabi if they're in a in eleven personnel and go okay you guys run a drive concept concept on the front side one or two words at the line might be a look and I mean it's amazing I have so much respect for these guys because the fact that they can do this stuff on the fly is uh, it's truly remarkable you know we it's easy for fans and I've been as guilty as anybody to sit on the couch on Sunday you got a cold beer in your hand eating a hot dog or a slice of pizza or a chicken wing you got you know got the Got the barbecue sauce stain on your uh, on your white T-shirt, like Tim McGraw says, right? <laughs> and you're going, oh, man, I can't believe they ran that play. Or, man, catch the ball. How did he run the wrong route? It's like we have no idea the level of, of uh, you know, the different levels that this offense runs, right? And, uh, and exactly what's asked of these athletes on a daily basis. And then when it comes to game day, everything is just like it's sharpened all the way down to the finest point. And, you know, you have such a, uh, a minute amount of lenience 
when it comes to making mistakes. I just, I've got a lot of respect for them. There's a lot of pressure on their shoulders. So we're going to take us a quick commercial break. When we get back, we're going to hear from Christian Watson, uh, Coach Matt LaFleur, and Devondre Campbell. But first, let's uh, take a second here, pay a few bills, and uh, we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's do this. Let's hear from Christian Watson. You heard Sammy Watkins kind of talking about him there and uh, talking about how he's a, a great athlete. He's a kid that, you know, he's drafted it early in the second round for a reason. It's amazing that, you know, everybody still mentions, not everybody, but some of the mainstream media mentions that um, – that, you know, uh, the Packers still haven't taken a first-round wide receiver in so long. Okay, he was the 34th pick. He was two picks away from being a first-round pick, right? So he's essentially a first-round pick. I mean, he had he definitely had first-round talent on him by the Green Bay Packers. I promise you that they didn't have him – they didn't have it fine-tuned to say he's the 34th best talent in the draft, and we're going to wait till 34 before we go get him. They obviously had to leapfrog frog someone to get him, and he was indeed a first-round talent on their board. But let's, uh, let's hear what Christian Watson had to say yesterday. Uh, how up to speed do you feel? Uh, I feel really good. Uh, definitely feel like I'm in a really good place. Definitely feel like I took advantage of the past, uh, you know, two weeks that I've that I've been back out there. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm you know I'm still trying to grow every every single day, and, and obviously, you know, you know, take it one day at a time and prepare, you know, for this week one. Uh, but I'm definitely excited where I'm at, and you know, excited to keep on going. If you can play on Sunday, what's your comfort level being out there? Just 
Um, you know, I definitely, you know, feel like there'll be a little bit of nerve there, just, you know, it being my first one. But, um, you know, I'm confident in myself. You know, I'm confident, you know, in the playbook and everything. And, um, you know, if I do get the, the chance, you know, I feel like I'll be ready to go. Yeah, no, no, I feel good. What kinds of things, I guess, have you done to make sure you're caught up to speed since you were, you know, you didn't start out in training camp, you were injured to start it and everything? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I just made, I just made sure I was locked in. Uh, you know, mentally, you know, throughout, you know, just taking those mental reps and, and you know, making sure that I'm still locked in, even though, you know, that I wasn't going. Um, you know, if anything, I felt like, I, you know, I got to take more reps, um, you know, more reps mentally than I would have, you know, physically. And, you know, I was just made, <laughs> made sure I was locked in the whole time. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, took it one day at a time, even though I wasn't out there. Uh, stayed in the playbook, uh, stayed with the mental reps. And, you know, I felt like I was in a good place when I came back. Um, and then, obviously, you know, the physical comfortability came, you know, when I got back out there as well. So hit you that you might play in your first NFL game this, this weekend? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's hit me. Uh, I mean, it's nothing but excitement. Um, I'm excited to get out there. I'm excited to strap it up. Uh, you know, I'm here to play ball and, you know, ready to, you know, get a shot to do that. How you handled that mentality, you know, this weekend, knowing you could play or, or maybe it might be another weekend? Um, you know, I just, you know, I'm attacking every single day like I'm, you know, like I'm playing. Uh, so for me, I mean, it's been kind of the same uh, the same mindset throughout, um, you know, even in the preseason games, you know, I knew when, you know, when I was starting to get the team reps, um, you know, I just kind of took it each and every day like I was like I was playing regardless of, you know, if I knew I wasn't or not. Um, and I think it's been the same way this week. Uh, so, you know, I'm just ready to go. So just taking advantage of every rep he can get, right? And like he said, taking it just one step at a time and just focusing on the here and now, right? You know, the, the, old, the old saying, be where your feet are, right? Um, and and he seems to be, I think, taking advantage of every opportunity given, you know, the the inconvenience, the unfortunate, you know, fact that that he's been injured pretty much this uh, this entire training camp, you know. But the thing that's cool is is hearing Aaron Rodgers sing praise about Christian Watson and saying he's a smart kid. Like when they said, you know, do you think it's really going to hurt him this and that? You know, in the past, Rodgers would have said, absolutely, yeah, he's going to be way behind. The, the rest of these guys are getting more. Rodgers didn't answer it like that. He basically said, no, Christian's a smart kid. He'll put it together, which is exciting because, I mean, really, when you talk about the talent that Christian Watson has, you know, the six foot four, six foot five, whatever the official is, you never, depends on which website you look at to determine exactly how tall he is. But you talk about four, two, four, three speed with that kind of frame, his ability to cut, got a lot of explosion. The knee is completely healthy, as, you know, Mama Krista said when we had her uh, on, uh, on the, on the pod there that one week and interviewed his mother uh, about the injury and everything. She said it was just floating cartilage, something they, they caught at rookie OTAs, cleaned it up. He's going to be good to go. It wasn't an injury, didn't come into camp. There were still some reporters that it amazes me. They were still reporting it saying, yeah, the the uh, injury that he sustained in uh, in the offseason activity, he didn't, he didn't sustain any injury. They went in and during the physical – found out he had floating cartilage and said, hey, let's let's get ahead of this. Let's clean that up right now, scope his knee, and he'll be good to go for the regular season. Now, at the same time, do we need to rush him week one? No. Guys, nobody wants to see Christian Watson any more than me. I promise you that. I am so excited to see him on the field. I don't think we've had a wide receiver like that. You know, he, Devontae Adams, uh, a, a great, great receiver, borderline Hall of Fame, may, may end up being a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Um, but he's, you know, what, roughly six foot two, 
and he's a route runner. He didn't have breakaway speed. Now, he knew how to turn it on. He knew how to be deceptive in his cuts, and we've seen plenty of big plays from him, right? But we have never seen this kind of receiver come through Green Bay. You know, even with Jordy Nelson, you know, he broke some uh, Kansas State, um, you know, sprint records. I know that. But he did not run a 4-2 or a 4-3-40, right? And he darn sure wasn't 6-5. I think Jordy was 6-3, if I remember. I mean, this is a, it's a different kind of animal here. And if he is completely healthy, um, I think he's going to play a big role in the second half of the season. But I think he's going to get kind of a slow start because of that injury. But I know this. If we come out on Sunday and all of a sudden he just – goes nuts, right? And Christian Watson's out there and he catches, you know, two or three passes and, and, and you know, is averaging over 20 yards a catch and and just plays that deep role. That's the thing, too. Like, you you don't have to be a master route runner with that kind of speed and that kind of height. I mean, if we come out and we could somehow catch a mismatch where it's just him against a DB, guys, most corners average height is from 5'10 to 6' foot tall. A 6' foot tall corner is considered a big corner. When you talk about a five-inch height advantage, plus on top of that, that blazing speed, they're going to have to have somebody over the top to help with him, right? I mean, even if they do play soft coverage, they're just one slip away. All it takes is one tiny mistake and somebody with that kind of speed. We haven't seen that in Green Bay. We have not. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be exciting. I think the closest thing we've seen to it is probably Javon Walker back in the day. James Jones didn't have that kind of speed. Jordy Nelson didn't have that kind of speed. And Jordy Nelson had football speed. Don't get me wrong. He was quick. You know, where most of the DBs would call him white lightning, right? Or uh, what was it? Ike Taylor called him white chocolate. I love that. He's like, this boy, now this boy got some chocolate in him. He can run. <laughs> um, but we haven't seen that, um, you know, that type of speed that Christian Watson has, you know. Again, Donald Driver, excellent, excellent receiver, right? Uh, you know, deserves, in my opinion, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. He's got the numbers. He's got the Super Bowl ring, got everything, right? But not that kind of speed. We just haven't seen it. Greg Jennings, great route runner, great hands. He didn't have that kind of speed. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Christian Watson. Here's my thing. If he's not ready this week, I'm okay with it. We don't want to rush him back, and we don't want to cause any further injury to linger, right? But if he's ready to go, throw him out there in the X, in the X or the Z and just say, hey, go deep. Go deep and take that safety with you, and we'll pick them off with divides and and uh, mesh plays underneath and and just really, really open things up. I mean, it's when you've got a receiver that fast, it does so many things for your offense. Even if the ball doesn't go to them, they've got to respect that over-the-top ability, and that really – causes those those uh, design concepts underneath to really, really open up. So that and, you know, we haven't even talked about Romeo Dobbs on this episode. There's a lot to be excited about, guys. Sammy Watkins has had a great camp. Randall Cobb has had a great camp. Bob Tunyon looks like he's healthy. You notice he wasn't listed on that ESPN injury report, so he's good to go. If we have both our tackles ready to go, everybody's pretty much healthy, and then you sprinkle in a Romeo Dobbs and a Christian Watson along with Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Bob Tunyon, Alan Lazard, if he's good to go, I mean, my goodness. We went from a wide receiver room that's completely depleted, right, and the media just going, I can't believe they're neglecting the wide receiver position, to all of a sudden, you know, I said it two months ago. Now, I'm not a I told you so kind of guy. I, hopefully I don't come across like that. I don't try to be like that. But I said we don't really have a number one receiver, but we've got a roster full of number twos, and there's a lot of teams that can't say that. I mean, we don't have bad receivers. We don't have, you know, top-tier receivers. Might not have great receivers, but we've got good 
solid receivers. I think uh, Matt LaFleur is really going to shine with his scheme this year and uh, and allowing Aaron Rodgers to kind of sit back, go through his progressions, go through his reads, do a little bit of little bit adjusting at the line of scrimmage and just picking them apart. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers wins another MVP. I'm just being honest. If he stays healthy, and it's all because this man we're going to hear from right here, Matt LaFleur. I really, really trust his play calling. I, I trust his uh, ability to draw up a play and uh, and also a, a complete game plan. And it's because that's what 12 has said. You know, 12 said it on Bussing with the Boys when he was talking to Will Compton. Aaron Rodgers said, Matt LaFleur, I respect the you-know-what out of him because he's a grinder. He is always in the building. He's always trying to think of a way to give us an edge. I just I love the culture we've created at 1265 Lombardi with this coaching staff. And it, it starts with Matt LaFleur and carries over to Joe Barry on defense. But Coach Matt LaFleur is a real deal. Let's see what he had to say here at the presser yesterday. Since he won't let us watch team period, tell us if uh, Dave and Elton are doing team stuff today. Um, we'll see when we get out there, but the, the hope is that um, David will be out there. Do you expect both be starting on Sunday? We'll have to find out on Sunday. Is there any concern about Allen first this week? Is it available? Uh, I think Allen's doing better, but I, um, you know, we'll see as the week progresses where he's at. Matt, what have you liked about Christian's uh, development as he's come off of up, and where is his standing as you guys look at? Yeah, he's well. It's certainly, you guys can see the the physical skills, the the speed and power that he possesses. Um, I think he's still got a lot to learn, and you know we're, we're trying to acclimate him as fast as humanly possible. Um, but you know we'll get in more into the game plan specifics for him. We'll have a plan for him, and um, we'll you know we'll kind of see where it goes. So do you expect him to play Sunday, Christian? Uh, that that's the hope, but again, we'll see where he's at coming up at the end of the week. Matt, were you happy with the work? Were you happy with the work that you guys were able to get in on Wednesday? I know Aaron and some of the guys talked about how effective they felt that that format was with the practice. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of good work. I think there was a lot of things that we need to clean up uh, from that practice. It's it, it definitely is puts more stress on the guys when it's all call it and you have no idea what, what's coming. And I thought it was good from just a conditioning standpoint to see where we're at. And, um, you know, I told the guys, if, if you're sucking wind right now, you better make sure you're getting a couple workouts, you know, between uh, Thursday through today. You named uh, season captains, Matt? We have not. What do you what do you do with for today? I mean, when you have a full week of practice, what are you trying to accomplish? Today? Well, just really get knock all the rust off, right? Get them reacclimated, um, and you know, just get get some good work. It's going to be short because I just think the cumulative effect of having a bonus Monday and then you go hard Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it, it can add a lot of load on on the guys, and we want to make sure that they're. They're fresh and ready to go for Sunday, so we, we make sure that we're really intentional with how much time we're out there and what exactly we're doing. But um, no, I, I love these days because it kind of gets the weekend out of everybody and, and make sure that on Wednesday we're locked in, ready to go. Do you follow the same plan you normally do when they come in Wednesday as when you present on the game plan? 
plan or yes. that in general? Yeah, no, typically. And we there's been a lot of things, I think, around the league, I'm sure there's a lot of game planning that's already kind of transpired prior to today, and I know we're kind of in that boat right now. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely given us an opportunity to get a jump on some of the things we might want to do in a game. Love it. All right. First of all, Matt LaFleur, <clears throat> his approach to leadership I think is excellent. You know, you heard him talk about he's he's playing it safe with some of these injuries. And not only that, with his practice load, what he's doing is he's trying to minimize the time that they're at practice, but he's maximizing uh, he's maximizing the effort and the structure of the of the practices where you're getting the most out of the time when you're there. I think players appreciate that. You know, in the business world, I know employees appreciate that. I mean, you think of yourself as an employee. If your boss came in and said, hey, listen, guys, um, you're going to get paid the same either way, but how about we try to be really, really efficient today, get everything done, we'll call it a day and pay you for a full day. You know, you understand how production goes up, and I know that's kind of a, a loose way of comparing the two, but it's so true. You know, people don't want busy work. Busy work is it's it's a joke. You know, it's it's really it's what's wrong with the country, <clears throat> excuse me, and the world as well today. It's because nobody respects anybody's time. It's just, well, you need to be here and you need to do what I tell you to and shut up and read this book, study it, and then rememberize it. And when you take the test, if you can remember what the answers are, then I'll let you go to the next level. I'll let you go to the next grade rather than, hey, why don't we take a little less time, be really focused. I want, I want to help I want to help you understand why this is important for you, why this subject's going to help you in life, why this subject's going to help you in business, why it's going to help you with working well with others, all of those things, just being intentional with everything. And that's something that I think Matt LaFleur does really, really well. And I'm just uh, very, very appreciative uh, that he is the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. I, I think he's stand up, brings just brings a, a new era to the Packers organization as far as leadership that's very, very warranted, especially in today's society and being able to connect with young players and helping them understand that, listen, we appreciate your time and we appreciate the effort you put in. But while at the same time being that hard AWS, right, to get the message across, just like he did, he's very, I will never forget the first week of practice when Matt LaFleur was hired. I seen him in the press conference. I thought, this dude looks like a softy. I don't know if people are going to listen to him. This is this is going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. And then the very it was like one of the very practices they said Devontae Adams fumbled. He blew the whistle and screamed at the top of his lungs. This is Devontae Adams, keep in mind. If you do not protect the football, you will not play for me. Say, so, I mean, he's he he coaches very, very stern, but at the same time, you can tell that he respects his players, and in return, his players respect him. It's one of those things like, listen, you know, it's just like they talked about with training camp this year, right, where they didn't make them stay in the dorm, and they changed that up. They said, listen, we're going to we're gonna do this until you screw up. If you screw up, your butt's going to be staying in a dorm, period, and nobody screwed up. It's just you, giving people a little, bit of, a little bit of slack, a little bit of room to grow, and a little bit – a little bit of an opportunity to accept that responsibility. You know, if you're if you're rolling with an iron fist, you know, it's kind of the old saying, I'm, I'm trying to think of how it goes. Uh, when you convince, you know, someone who's been convinced is still unconvinced. Like if you have to convince someone that, hey, this is the right thing to do, this is the way we should do things, they're still unconvinced. You just force them to agree with you. 
Therefore, you're not going to maximize the potential of the situation no matter what it is, right? It's just something that's very important, I think, in leadership. But speaking of leadership, let's go to the defensive side of the ball and hear what the uh, the silent assassin had to say, man. Devondre Campbell, I love, him. I love following him on Twitter because he's not politically correct. I love the fact that he speaks his mind and, and it's, look, hey, this is how I believe and I'm not going to shy away from it. And, um, and he's kind of his own man. He's someone who's had to work his tail off to get where he's at. He wasn't given the opportunity like many were, and uh, he's earned it, right? And he said he wanted to play for Coach LaFleur. That's the reason he came to Green Bay. He, he reached out to Matt LaFleur and said, I want to play for you because he's seen the way that Matt LaFleur interacted with his with his uh, players when Matt LaFleur was in Atlanta, when they were both in Atlanta together. And uh, this is a guy that I just love his demeanor. And like I said, he's just kind of that quiet leadership approach. He's done nothing but take Quay Walker under his wing and while doing so has asked for none of the, none of the, uh, um, what am I looking for here? What's the word? Basically wanted no praise whatsoever for any kind of success that Quay Walker has had. And, and every time they say, you know, we see Quay, he's always asking you questions. He's always in your hip pocket. And he's like, Oh, he don't need me. He's good to go. But you could tell he's coaching him up. It's just, he just seemed like a stand up guy, but let's see what Devondre Campbell had to say. This is our middle linebacker. Uh, defensive play caller, the guy leading the charge um, for those uh, those big uglies on defense. Let's see what Campbell had to say. It's just that physical as well. Does it matter? Even if you know what they can do, like you just got to mono a mono and knock him back? Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to who wants it more when you're dealing with a player like that. Like I said, he can do it all, so you just kind of got to read your keys and play ball. With all the hype this defense has gotten this offseason and training camp, how excited are you to finally – I mean, there's not really much hype. We just got to go out and do what we do. We know how good we can be, but it doesn't matter about he say, she say. We just got to go out and show it. What are the expectation levels yeah. headed in your, your perspective? No expectations. We're just taking it one week at a time. I know a division game is always going to be big, but I mean, especially with some people like Cook and Jefferson and Thielen, how good of a test is this week one? Yeah, they are some talented players, you know, even at the quarterback position. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He knows how to get the ball out of his hands quick. So it's going to be a tough challenge, like I said, especially with a, a new offense. We don't really know what they expect. So we just got to go out, read our keys and and just play ball. Does that look, probably look a little like your offense, you know, considering where he came from? Uh, yeah, I think it, it definitely will look a lot like our offense, but they have a different set of skilled players, so you have to prepare differently. That game in Minneapolis last year where Minnesota won, mm -hmm. what was the issue that day? Was it something they were doing? Was it something y'all weren't doing as a defense? No, they just played better than we did that day. It happens. It's the NFL, you know? Like, sometimes you just get out, get out played. How challenging are weeks like this when, you know, as you said, you're not 100% sure of what you're going to get out of Minnesota just in terms of the preparations and getting ready for the game? Like I say, the most challenging thing is just kind of knowing what they expect, but we can't really focus on that. We just have to prepare with the information that we have. And like I said, the first couple series are kind of just going to be reading your keys and playing ball. And we'll, we'll kind of know after about a quarter what they expect so we can go from there after that. I wouldn't say rust, but it's a new, a new offense, not the same coordinator and, and coach that they had last year. So there's always going to be changes and new, new loopholes you got to go through. That practice you guys had last Wednesday with the game-like situation, how can that kind of be a benefit as you head into week one? I know it's a week and a half removed by the time Sunday rolls around, but do you see that as kind of helping you guys get ready? Um, 
I feel like I'm always ready. I'm, I mean, I'm not like everybody else, but I feel a uh, coach felt like we needed that game-like atmosphere. I definitely feel like it had its perks to it, but I feel like I'm always ready. What do you say to play to get him ready? He don't need much talking, man. He's, he's ready to go. He comes for a championship. All right, so evidently these idiots don't know how to run a microphone. I apologize for that. For whatever reason, when he went to answer that second part, the uh, microphone wasn't working. He was just spilling his guts. But anyway, um, I love what he said there, just talking about we got to go out and play ball and, and read our keys. You know, um, you got to take it one week at a time. You just got to go out there and perform. And I love what he said about, you know, yeah, they run the same offense as us, but they've got a different set of skill positions, right? Skill players. So everything's going to be a little bit different. And that's where you just got to go out and, and until we, you know, kind of assess the offense, then, you know, we got to read our keys. You got to trust your keys. You know, here's your responsibility one. Here's your responsibility two. If they do this, you're covering here. If they do that, you're blitzing there. There's a lot of different things that come into, you know, into play with this Joe Barry defense. And um, it, it reminded me hearing him talk of something that Michael Lombardi said on a podcast here recently. He said, the first quarter of a football game, it's all about assessment. You're trying to determine in that first quarter, okay, everything that we thought we knew about this team going in, everything that we predicted that they would do watching, typically what coaching staff do is they take head-to-head -head, uh, game game film and they go back and study, yeah, okay, what did this coaching staff do against us head-to-head -head last time we played? They also look at a, a uh, previous four-game saturation. They'll watch every snap from the previous four games compile the information and go, here's what they like to do on offense. Here's what they like to do on defense. So in that first quarter, you've studied that all week. You've put your game plan together and you've game prepped everything. And then you come in that first quarter, you're trying to assess the situation. The first quarter is all about assessment. Are they doing what we expected them to do? Okay. And whether they are or they aren't, the second and third quarters are all about adjustment. In the second quarter, you take the information that you've got and go, okay, they, yeah, they did exactly what we did. Let's adjust a little bit here. Let's make sure we attack them there. Okay, maybe you come out in the first quarter and your assessment is, wow, we were really off base. They really changed things up on us. Let's make a second quarter adjustment. The third quarter, you're still adjusting. And then the fourth quarter, what Michael Lombardi said was, it's a, it's a whole separate ball game. Because typically, there's a lot of teams that play with a first half game plan and a second half game plan. And sometimes that second half game plan, you're not into it until the fourth quarter, simply because you've got scripted plays for the you know the first whatever 15, 20 plays on offense uh, in the first quarter, and then the first 15 or 20 plays on offense in the third quarter. So by the time you get into the fourth quarter, that's when it's a separate ball game. Both teams start to adjust, and you got to treat that fourth quarter as if it's just. 15 minutes with the game on the line because we know when it comes to the National Football League, typically the point spread is only three points depending on, you know, where the game's played at too. Typically you get three points being the home team with home field advantage. And I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking betting odds, but if you don't gamble, I respect it. I totally, you know, I can appreciate that. And I, I don't think gambling's for everyone. However, when you look at that score and that point spread, you know, you got to really take into consideration and go, okay, there's a good chance that this point spread is within one point of being accurate. I mean, that's how Vegas makes their money, right? And like I told Jacob the other day when we were doing our podcast, you know, there's a reason that those casinos and everything in Vegas can give away those free drinks with the pretty little umbrellas, right? Because they know exactly how to work these betting lines. They know exactly. Pat McAfee talks about it all the time on his pod. He's just like, man, how did they know it was going to be that close? How did they know it, you know, to a point? Like some of the over-unders come within a point. 
It's because they're constantly studying the analytics and the matchups and everything, and they compile all this data into one one central location and go, okay, bam, it spits it out and says, this is the most likely scenario, and get it in the ballpark. Then they try to get the money, the betting, you know, betting odds, the money, the money on each team to be a split 50-50 close as possible. And then you've got with your differential payout, that's how they make their money. Right. And, and all that, you know, again, this isn't a betting podcast, and that's not my point. It's just to, to prove a fact that these games are so close that that first quarter assessment is vital. The second and third quarter adjustments are darn sure vital. And that fourth quarter being a separate ball game. And it's it, typically it's it's will over skill in the fourth quarter. Right. So you just got to put yourself in a position to win. Just like Devondre said, um, read your keys. And when it's time to play ball, go play ball. Right. So good stuff from them. Hope you enjoyed that. I, like I said, guys, I want to bring this. It's called Packers Total Access for a reason. I want you to feel like you're right there in the locker room, right there at 1265 Lombardi and getting the information as it comes in. So before we wrap up here, I just want to scroll through real quick Ian Rappaport's Twitter from yesterday and just see if there's anything we missed nationally. Um, Right here it says they're wrapping up a Cowboys signing of offensive tackle Jason Peters. You guys know offensive tackle Jason Peters played with the Eagles for so many years. He is signing with the Dallas Cowboys and uh, obviously adding depth to that offensive line. So that's a done deal. The Bucs, I think that's what our week three or week four matchup. I don't have the schedule in front of me right now. Let me see here. I've got it right here. I see one, two. Yeah, so that's our week three matchup, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It says Chris Goblin shed his knee brace today, a sign of his confidence in his knee. So it looks like Chris Goblin is 100% ready to go for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on around the rest of the league in that regard. So as we wrap up here, um, we're going to get you guys out of here. First, I want to read a listener email that came in. This came in from Maxine Eknes, and uh, I hope I'm saying that name right. It's either Eknes or Eknes. But uh, Maxine says, hello, Clayton. I love your Total Access podcast, especially the episode on Vince Lombardi. It actually choked me up a little bit. I was born in Montana but lived in Green Bay in my teenage years. Bart Starr talked to talked to my sixth grade class, which was the high point of that year. Man, I bet it was. Could you imagine having Bart Starr coming in and speaking to your sixth grade class? That would be absolutely awesome. said, the good Lord has brought my wife and I back after 40 years to uh, Green Bay, to be close to my two daughters and two granddaughters. The good Lord has brought my wife and I back after 40 years to Green Bay to be close to my two daughters and two granddaughters. Man, that is absolutely awesome. Living in Green Bay, being able to see your kids and your grandchildren like that, that's that's great. I admire the fact uh, that both you and Ryan are not afraid to express your faith in Jesus Christ and inspires me to be more open about the hope I have in Jesus. My wife and I live in Green Bay and always have an extra bedroom if you and your wife ever need a place to stay. I also have a neat Packer room, including a Duke football my dad caught at a game 50 years ago. Faith, family, football. And in the words of my two-year-old daughter, two-year-old granddaughter, go Pack Go. Absolutely awesome, man. Um, first of all, I'm going to call you Max. That's, that's, a, that's a bad name, by the way. I love it. Max, thank you for taking the time to email us. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And congratulations on being able to live closer to your daughters and your two granddaughters there in Green Bay. Green Bay is a magical place, man. Every time I've been, it is just I, – I, the only problem is I never want to leave. It started off with us taking a trip and spending one night up there the very first time I went. Then the next time we went, we spent a couple of nights. Then we decided we'll stay three nights. 
Now the trip has morphed into a seven-night stay every time we go to Green Bay. We just don't want to leave. We love the people. We love the food. We love the atmosphere, the small-town feel, everything. It's actually a bigger town than where I'm living right now, but it still has that small-town feel to it. And people hear our accents when we get up there, and and they go nuts. They, they immediately want to buy us a coffee, sit down, and talk because it's probably comic, uh, comedic relief for them, I'm sure. But uh, I appreciate the kind words. Um, and as far as faith, you know, we try not to – I'm a different kind of person when it comes to faith. Like, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not a church, uh, you know, church dweller. Um, I feel like there's there's plenty of people in church. No, there's nothing wrong with church, and if that's what you need and that's what you want, that's awesome, and association's great. But, uh, you know, I, I have to back off sometimes because I feel like I'm, I'm becoming, you know, so heavenly bound I'm no earthly good, right? Uh, I love that, that quote, that saying, because – really got to shake things up sometimes because it's about helping people. That should be the number one cause, the number one or the number one goal in the cause. And um, the, the other thing is I do not want to push my faith on other people. So I didn't read this email ahead of time. I just seen it come in and thought, okay, I'll just read it out over the air. So if that makes someone uncomfortable, I apologize. That's not my goal at all. But Max, I do appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to email us, man. I really, and I really appreciate the offer to let us stay with you in Green Bay. I'll tell you this. We're going to be up there in December to watch the Packers and the Rams play. And uh, when we come up, it'd be awesome to be able to at least shake your hand. I know we're going to be out and about all week long. So when you hear this pod, if it's something you'd like, maybe uh, meet up and we could have us a, have us a cold beer, or a soda pop, whatever you call it up there, and maybe grab some food. I'm sure we can make that happen because, again, we're going to be living in Green Bay for a week and we'd love an opportunity to meet up with you. I know another thing, too, that's cool is Justin messaged me earlier from the uh, Packernet Fantasy Podcast, which uh, you guys should have already already have that um, you know downloaded. I, I believe it dropped earlier today at – 11 a.m. Central Time. But anyway, Justin and Jacob are both going to be going with us. Now, Justin messaged earlier and said he and his wife are getting tickets. They're going to be at the tailgate party and all that stuff with us. And it's going to be really cool to meet up with everybody. So anybody hearing my voice, if you're going to be in Green Bay the week of the Rams game there in December, man, hit us up. Let's put a list together. and Maybe we can go up to 1919 Kitchen and Tap right there at the upper level of Lambeau Field. And, uh, and grab us some food, grab us some dinner. It'd be really cool to get, you know, uh, a ton of people together and just get to know each other. It'd be some really cool opportunities to take picks and stuff like that as well. But, Max, thank you so much for taking the time to email the show. Really, really appreciate your feedback. And I love the fact that you love the Vince Lombardi episode. It was a lot of fun to put together. I got a little animated, didn't mean to, kind of regretted it, but all I've gotten is great feedback from it. So I guess it, I guess it connected the way I wanted it to. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, we also did a listener feedback. Um, uh, link there that Ryan sent out so people could give feedback to the show. He said that the Packers total access feedback was absolutely phenomenal. He, you know, basically said that you guys love the show and very, very, uh, uh, you know, spoke very highly of it. It's funny though, because Max here emails me that he loved the Vince Lombardi episode and several different parts of the feedback that Ryan got said, man, I really love the history segments, but there were also several that said, I don't care much for the history segments. <laughs> so me and Ryan are kind of looking at each other going, I don't know, should we keep doing them? So um, we're going to try to meet in the middle there. We want to give everybody what they want and we'll make sure that it's in the title. That way, if for some reason it is a history segment and you don't want to listen to it, you can say, okay, that's definitely got a history segment in it. Don't download it. I'm, I'm not worried about downloads guys. I'm not worried about, you know, 
how many people are actually listening to the show. We're just going to try to put out content that we think is going to connect with everyone as much as possible. And really it's about creating an awesome community where we can all communicate together and, and just, uh, just have a good time, you know, and talk Packer football. That's the overall goal. But, uh, yeah, again, can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to, uh, to give that feedback. It means the world to us. Obviously, uh, really, really appreciate your time listening to the show today. We're going to get you out of here. Again, Max, thank you for the kind words. And, um, yeah, we will be back on Thursday. And I'm sure we'll have the final injury report for the most part uh, leading up to the game day actives and inactive. So, hopefully, we get a little bit better picture of what the injuries are looking like on Thursday. And then, of course, uh, on Saturday's episode, we're going to do a full opponent scout of the Minnesota Vikings, really in-depth looking at their updated injury reports, kind of how we see that game looking to play out as we step into Sunday. There's rumors, I'm not guaranteeing it, but we've gotten a lot of people asking about it and gotten a lot of views and and connects from the, the, uh, the live uh, watch parties that we've done on YouTube. There's a chance that me and Ryan will be doing a watch party on Sunday. And and some of the other guys too, or everybody will be in, invited, I'm sure, on the Packer Net Podcast, you know, network. But we may get together and do a watch party for the Packers Vikings game. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be laid back. His son may be in the room with him. So there's going to be a lot of hooting and hollering. We're going to have a good time. It's not going to be anything that's going to be overly professional. So if you want to have the game on and turn us on at the same time. And uh, just kind of hang out with us and chat there in the in the live comments. It'll be a great way for all of us to associate during the Vikings game. Again, not a guarantee, but it's something that Ryan's looking into, and ultimately it'll be his his final call there. But we will definitely go live immediately following the game with the Packers Total Access post game show, which we've gotten great feedback on that as well. So with that being said, we're gonna get you guys out of here. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. We really really appreciate it. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. Third is to go. The Vader. 17 to 14.